Hey everybody, uh, my name is Shan. I am the recovery pastor here at Trustful First United Methodist Church. And I'm excited today because David has joined us. This is David Teal. He is the executive pastor mm -hmm. at Trustful First United Methodist Church. So uh, before we jump in, would you like to pray us in? Yeah, let's pray. Gracious God, we just thank you for this opportunity for us to uh, do what we're doing at the church and to present it online in ways that people near and far can uh, reap something from this uh, discussion, this faith conversation. And God, we just pray that you'll be with us, guide us in our conversation, help us to continue to grow deeper in our faith. For it's your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So today we're talking about uh, the moral lesson, but more the more I thought about this, the more God kind of tugged on me to, to just really look at Lamentations 3. And um, I, I know in this church body, there have been multiple times of grief. Yes. Yeah. And we're no different than anybody else. That's right. And so God really put it on my heart. Let's talk about the lament process for us, for our community. How do we support each other? What support are we looking for? And then how do we lean on God? Mm -hmm. Because, um, you know, after uh, attending the funeral yesterday, it was refreshing to hear them talk more about the fruit of the person mm -hmm. and what they left behind and the fruit that will still grow long after they're gone. So I think that was just more of a God wink of, of him saying, yeah, this is the conversation that we need to have today. Mm -hmm. So chapter three is filled with many things that um, that we've talked about in, in multiple vi uh, videos and we will talk about in future videos. So the lament process, to grieve or to feel sorry and support each other. Biblically, what did lament mean as far as the process? I think um, biblically you can see all throughout the Old and New Testament that lament for the, the people of faith meant this just pouring out their heart to God, just like wide open, nothing held back, and just trusting that God would accept all of the grief, all of the sorrow, and, and do something in that person's life to bring healing and restoration. Mm -hmm. And we just see that in story after story and after story where people are just pouring out their heart. Even like um, when Jesus is going to this point of giving his life for us, there's this moment where he's lamenting and he's pouring out his heart to God. And it's like in that moment, God gives him the strength to keep going. Mm -hmm to keep walking and give his life for all of us. And yeah. we just see that happen over and over again. And it even impacts us still today where we lean back on God and we know from the stories of our faith that we can do the same thing. We can be honest with God. And I think for those that are in the recovery walk, mm -hmm. there's a moment, um, I'm, not, I'm not really sure this is exactly how to word this, mm -hmm. where the lament process and the heart and the the um, addiction, mm -hmm. regardless of what the addiction is, it collides. Definitely. And it's that moment of admitting, coming out of the denial, mm -hmm. admitting, realizing they're not in control of anything, right? realizing they do need God's guidance, but also the, the support community. Yes. So in the lament process where we're talking about supporting, we may not physically know the mm -hmm. person they're grieving for, um, but how can we step in as a community mm -hmm. and just love them where they're at? Yeah. Well, I think uh, one, one of the things that happens a lot of time so when individuals face a loss, whether it's job or it's um, a relationship or it's a significant individual in their life passing away, one of the things that, that people are really good about doing is they'll rush in at the very beginning and yeah. be present. 
But then after the funeral's over, they kind of go their own separate mm-hmm. ways. And that person's just left by themselves to carry that grief and that yeah. sorrow. And um, a lot of times, one of the best things we can do is keep showing up in their lives. I remember um, when I lost my mom, one of my friends that lives in Chattanooga, he had lost his dad several years ago, and, and I'd stayed in touch with him during that time. And he kind of returned that favor. Mm-hmm. He just kept checking in on me again yeah. and again and again. And it was just like... God worked it out because when I really needed somebody to be there, he'd send a text. Hey, I'm, I don't know why yeah. I'm just thinking about you today. And it's like, God knew. So yes. God brought that person into my life in that, in that moment when I needed them. And I think that's one of the key things is we, we may not know what to do in that situation, but just being present and being available, mm-hmm. I think, is a pretty significant, important step for us to take. And we hear people say, if God puts them on your heart, reach out. Yes. There's a reason. Yes. Reach out. Definitely. And in recovery, like we have your accountability and your sponsors. And, and I'm like you. I've been in those situations where I'm just, all of a sudden, I feel alone. I'm yes. surrounded by the quiet. Uh-huh. And it's so loud. It's deafening. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in either which way I move, it's kind of just pointless. I mm-hmm. just feel like I need to sit. Mm-hmm. But in those moments, I have that, that text that comes through. Yes. And they're exact like I can say, God, you know, and I'm pouring out and I'm talking. And then that text comes through almost like an answer from me. Right, right. And it's kind of, that's, that's peaceful mm-hmm. to know that God's listening and that we have um, a community where they're physically side by side with us or at a distance, right. but they're still there with us. Yes. That is so calming and peaceful and reassuring. Mm-hmm. So as, um, cause you're right, you know, we rush in at first and the um, the fried chicken is only great for so long. That's right, that's you right. You know, the soups only last for so long. And there's too many to <laughs> And there's way too you many. You can't fit them all in your refrigerator. It's very yeah. overwhelming. Yeah. And I think that also distracts from mm-hmm. the grief because everything is so overwhelming yes. and we're southerners we try to be hospitable <laughs> to everybody that's coming in even though we're the ones that's struggling yes. we want to make sure they're okay uh-huh. but you're right there's that moment where it just gets quiet mm-hmm. and in that moment that's where we just need to lean on god mm-hmm. even in the quiet mm-hmm. even when he says just be still right. just be quiet um if there was anything and I, I know that's not simple. If there was anything simple, like just a nugget of information or encouragement in this time of social distancing mm-hmm. where people feel alone, what would you tell those that want to reach out? Uh-huh. But also, because during the grieving process, we want space to. Right. Definitely. Like, like if I feel like I need to cry, I want to go in a room by myself. I, I don't want anybody to even talk to me. Right. Just right. let me have my moment. Yeah. Get my emotions yeah. out, and then then we're Definitely. good. Um, in this time of social distancing, where we want to be close but we're not close, uh-huh. is there a nugget of encouragement we could use to possibly um, springboard off as we're reaching out to people? Mm-hmm. Biblically, what would you think? Hmm. That's a tough one. I know. I, mean, I like, I I like throwing yeah. curveballs. Right, 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 right. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just kind of think about like um, the different moments where 
Um, you see Jonathan is there for David at key yeah. moments and gives him uh, great advice and wisdom, and it helps mm-hmm. David to actually get back on the right path. Mm-hmm. And, he's, and, and that's one thing, too, about um, grief. Sometimes we're not just grieving a loss. We're also grieving bad decisions we made. Absolutely. And how do you go forward with that? Yeah. And then you think about, like, um, when um, the disciples were kind of getting off on the wrong track. Mm-hmm. Jesus was there to reel them back in. And you see that in this different stories, like when the disciples are arguing, over when it's all said and done, who can sit at Jesus' right hand? <laughs> Tell me you love me more, yeah, Jesus. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And then it's like, no, that, that, you're missing the <laughs> point here. Yeah. So I think there's just a lot of um, illustrations we can find in the text of where um, I think the best thing is just getting back to the root of the faith mm-hmm. and the walk with Christ. And I think if we go back to that, then we see again and again, um, one, Jesus is there for people when they need them. Yes. Um, two, Jesus is also trying to help that individual, whatever they're going through, to realize what abilities they have mm-hmm. in the moment. Um, you think about the, the individual who is uh, trying to get into the pool to receive healing, right? Yes. And, it, and it's just right there, and you wonder, why did it take so long? But then Jesus shows up, and, and eventually this man is healed mm-hmm. through faith, right? And... Um, and you just see these moments like where Jesus comes and uh, the adulterous woman, he protects her, mm-hmm. but then he tells her to go and sin no more. Right. So there's this continuous showing up and being present and being supportive and encouraging. But in those cases, when there's issues of sin or mistakes or uh, failures, whatever they are, uh, encouragement to choose a different path, right. a, a diff- different choice. And that, that definitely goes along with recovery because you, mm-hmm. when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, yeah. you can either stay there or you can change. Yes. You can take a new direction. Mm-hmm. And, and we always tell people, when you're ready to make that decision, write that date down right. and give God one year. Uh-huh. And in that one year, when you look back, you will see how fast he moved mm-hmm. in your life and changed, brought people in, right. took people out. Yes. Um, people that you dearly love, they can still be toxic mm-hmm. to your to your whole environment Definitely. Um, and, and your purpose and everything you're trying to do. But at the same time, God will bring in new people that you probably would have never crossed paths with. Right. And they encourage you in so many ways and, and maybe gave you guidance, mm-hmm. uh, reassurance, mm-hmm. uh, discernment mm-hmm. many times. But God, when we when we say, okay, we're going to do it your way, we're, right. we're going to trust you. We're yeah, going to see what yeah. you have planned, uh-huh. you know, because we got this. We're yeah. good. Um, we're going to trust you. And then all of a sudden we see where he starts putting not just piece by piece one at a time in, but it's like the dominoes come uh-huh. rushing in all of a sudden, and they're all lined up. Yeah, yeah. But if we make the wrong decision, we can make them fall. That's right. That's right. So we have to come back into obedience and in alignment yeah. with God's will. And, you know, kind of two things on what you were saying is that one, uh, several leadership books and journals talk about uh, we are the sum total of the five people we spend the most time with. Absolutely. So when you start thinking about, if, especially if you're in recovery and you've had an addiction or whatever else, and you think about the people you've surrounded yourself with, mm-hmm. a lot of times that could be your dealer. Yes. Uh, that could be your friends that are also uh, partaking in whatever the addiction is, that are encouraging you to stay that course. And if you want to become a different person, you may not be able to hang out with those same That's people right. anymore. You've got to get a new group of people yes. to hang out with. And then that kind of changes your perspective. 
perspective. And that's one of the key things about the Christian community, why we need it so much. The world has so many things it can offer us that are not good for us. Right. And if we if we partake in those things and we follow fall into those groups and those communities, then we miss out on the life giving community we can have with other Christians yeah. and disciples. And the, and the other thing I wanted to um, say in, in response to what you were sharing is that domino effect. Uh, there's this book called The One Thing, mm-hmm. and it talks about um, the the latest uh, scientific research says it takes 66 days to mm-hmm. create a habit. That's a long time. You're it talking is. over two months. Uh, where we used to say it's three weeks, but that mm-hmm. never really made sense because no one really maintained the habit. Right. So <laughs> you get two months in, and that's like, they, and they strongly emphasize in the one thing community, you've got to focus on one thing for mm-hmm. over two months. And for an individual in recovery, focusing on one thing, there's a multitude of things that led to the addiction they right. had or whatever the habit was they had. And so they're, they're working on one thing for two months, and then they're making another incremental move toward a, a better yeah. life, and that takes another two months. Mm-hmm. So you talk about like a year later, they haven't had that many incremental moves, but if you go back to the domino effect, if you hit one domino and you've got them all lined up, they're mm-hmm. all going to fall down. And that can be either a good thing or it can be a bad thing, however you set up the dominoes right. and which ones you're allowing to fall along the way. So I think it's really key to kind of think about who are the people in my life that I surround myself with. And um, if you don't have a good company of people, find some. Right. They're out there. There's all <laughs> sorts of groups. Um when, when I was trying to uh, take better care of my health, I was looking for um, an inexpensive way to have community and mm-hmm. accountability. And I found this group. They're all over the Birmingham area now, and it's called the F3 Nation. And it's Faith, Fitness, and Fellowship. And what's great is it's free. So you're not paying. Oh, that's pay. great. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's and, our number one free. And it's peer led, <laughs> and so everybody gets a chance to lead. But there's also accountability. So if you don't show up, they reach out and say, "Hey, where were you this morning?" Now you have to be there at 5:30 in the morning. But um, the the great thing is, after you've done the 45 minutes of working out, you gather together in a circle mm-hmm. and you pray. Now that is not a community I was a part of initially. I didn't start the community. I I just knew what I needed in my life and I started looking Mm -hmm. and I found it and I joined it and now made friends with some of those guys and that helps me to continue to be a better person and it wasn't a community I had before. Right. But now I'm surrounding myself with new people and it's making a difference in my life. Absolutely and and when people are are new into recovery Mm -hmm. the first thing to learn about recovery is whatever the um, addiction was, and it it could be chemical, it could be alcohol, it could be Mm. gambling, it could be shopping, whatever Mm. it was. That's a Band-Aid that's covering up the uh, actual wound. Yeah. So we tell people when they're new into recovery that um, you need 90 meetings in 90 days, Mm -hmm. which goes back to Uh refocusing, changing, Mm -hmm. introducing you to a new group of people. Um, So, yeah, when you're in recovery, you you have to change playgrounds, playmates, Uh everything, all your habits. Definitely. Otherwise, you fall right back into it. Um, so I think we've kind of hit on everything. Um, so in um, Lamentations 3, verse 1, it says, I have seen afflictions. Mm-hmm. So I think um, in I think we can all agree that we have witnessed people grieve all around us. Yes. We have seen the struggle. Um, it may be job loss. It may be, may be financial. It may mm-hmm. be um, marriage broken apart. Um, children sick, it could be anything, but right. we have seen all around mm-hmm. us 
um, the struggles and the afflictions. And then in verse 7, it says, um, it talks about being walled in. Yes. And I, this is where I want to touch in on this, the stages. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to be very careful when we're going through the grief process. Right. Because, well, in any process, because mm-hmm. at any moment, the enemy will use if we're too isolated. Right. Quiet is good. Alone is good. Uh-huh. It's okay to visit, don't live there. Right, right. So if we're too isolated, that's where the encouragement voice can almost start leaning our ear towards the, the voice of lies. Yes, definitely. So if you want to touch on the uh, the, the stages of, of grief and the cautions. Yeah, yeah sure. So, um, you know, the uh, Kubler-Ross stages of grief, there used to be five, mm-hmm. and then it's been expanded and adapted, so now we talk about seven. And um, uh, the two that have been added is shock and testing. So I'm just going to kind of go through this very quickly. Uh, the first is shock, and that's the initial paralysis um, at hearing the bad news. Uh, whether you just were told you're being let go, maybe that's happening to you right now. Who knows with the, all the stuff going on with the coronavirus? Or uh, maybe you just heard that a loved one passed away and the, the initial shock of all mm-hmm. that. And this is a moment where um, you're not even fully aware of what's going on in your life, what you're doing, what you're saying. Um, you're not really even processing your emotions at this point. You're just kind of um, numb, I would say. And that shock, <clears throat> what people also don't understand is just that shock mm-hmm. Um, can create a traumatic milestone Mm -hmm. that alters perspective on everything going forward. Yes, definitely. And then you get into denial, and um, this is where you... Um, you're trying to deny the reality of what's happened in your life. And um, this is um, where where we just want to kind of stick our head in the sand and pretend mm-hmm. like everything's just as it was before. Yes. Um, and if you go back to like the job thing, this may be where individuals will still go out and spend money they know they don't have coming in anymore. Right. And it's like you've got to back it up and, and recognize what's happening. But it is a part of the grief process. And then anger. I mean, mm. how many of us haven't been angry about a loss we've experienced and and the grief and the sorrow. And I think a large part of that is because um, it's completely out of our control at that point. Once it's happened, there's nothing we can do to undo what's happened. Yeah, because the yesterday we knew is no longer. Right, right. And the tomorrow that's coming... We have no idea. Yeah. So we're kind of like stuck in, almost like stuck on a bridge of mm-hmm. memories and life. Yes. And um, it's a very rickety bridge that's to right. some. Yeah. It's scary. Definitely. So that that's a um, that is another area where um, a, a traumatic milestone can hit because in recovery we talk about hurts, habits, and hangups. Uh-huh. The hurt is what happened to us. Right. The habit is how we abuse ourselves. Mm-hmm. But the hang up is how we send it out. So anger, we have to be very careful. Right. We don't mean to send out, Mm -hmm. but we're not on the receiving end, so we don't know how we're sending that out. Definitely. And and that can just kind of keep this vicious cycle going. And and you think it would just be something that would happen just for a few weeks, a few months, maybe a year or two. But then you talk to individuals who are uh, particularly in recovery, and you realize they're dealing with anger from issues of things that happened 20, 30, 40 years ago. And they've never gotten beyond that that hang-up of that that situation and that feeling. Um, and then next is like this this sense of bargaining, and it's where we try to bargain our way out of the loss. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it can't be true. Um, particularly, I think, uh, in terms of relationships where an individual, when the relationship is completely over, there's right. no going back. The marriage is broken. There's too much water under the bridge. Neither party really wants to work on right. it. 
But then there's that bargaining from one side. Mm -hmm. Maybe if I just do this, then the relationship would be restored. And the one thing on the one side isn't going to restore the relationship. Um, And then depression. And this is, um, as you're coming to, I think, a sense of of realizing the reality of what you're Mm -hmm. facing, um, I I think you just kind of get in this sad state. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it can be very mild. Uh, sometimes it could be more moderate, and then sometimes it could be severe. Yes. And uh, there are individuals who, when they face a loss, they get into such a severe state of depression, they just stay there. Yeah. So I think about um, an individual I used to work with years and years ago, and um, I can't remember who it was she lost in her family, but it got so severe for her, she lost her job, she quit going to church, she wasn't connecting with anyone, and mm-hmm. she just stayed locked in her home for like two years. Wow. And um, the severity of that and all the things that she lost in addition to the the initial loss because she was in that that sense of depression. Um, And then testing. This is seeking uh, realistic solutions. What can you do once you face the loss and how do you go forward? And um, sometimes you kind of dip your toe in the water and say, can I handle this? Can I go outside the door now and face this loss? Or... Um, can I apply for another job since I lost the other job? So you're testing some things. And um, and, and in this case, I kind of think you're also trying to see how much confidence you have Mm -hmm. in that moment. And Mm -hmm. and do you have the confidence and the courage to keep going in life? Um, And then acceptance, finally figuring your way forward and and going on. But one of the things is it sounds so great in theory that there's these steps and you think, okay, I get the seventh step, I'm done, I move on. But it's not that neat. It's like this chaotic mass of webs (laughs) and and going back to it. And I think about my own experiences of grief and it's the weirdest things that like raise back up the experience of grief. Like um, just something mild. my dad got remarried after my mom passed away, and one of my mom's favorite things to cook was oatmeal cookies. Mm-hmm. Well, my dad's new wife cooks oatmeal cookies, and that really bothers me. Weird, yeah, I'm weird? like, I'm not eating her cookies. <laughs> like they're you're not, not allowed. That's, yeah, that's yeah. My they're not my mom's cookies. <laughs> um, but it also like uh, made me sad too. Like, yeah. I'll, it, it, uh, I'll never eat my mom's Right, y'all cookies. won't share that yeah, time. Yeah. To get, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think the testing is um, also a point where we step out on faith. Right, definitely. And, and as we're as we're testing, as we're going to say, okay, God, I'm going to give you this little bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give you this little bit. You know, okay, you did good with this little bit, God. I'm going right. to trust you with a little bit more of yeah. my life. Because we think we can handle it all. Uh-huh. But when we get to the acceptance part... Um, I think that's where that we see God is working right, in definitely. our favor. Mm-hmm. It's it's not always an easy journey, but mm-hmm. He does want us to prosper. He does want us to be happy, and and live to the to the next journey. Right, because there's mountains and valleys. Uh huh. So the acceptance is where we go. Okay. Okay, yeah. I, you helped me through here. I survived. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I really think you can always, yes, you know, because we forget yes. he created everything. And what's, we- <laughs> what's great about this, too, is um, when, when you're dealing with a loss and you're dealing with a sorrow and this grief, and you realize God can help you through that, then you know God can help you through anything. Absolutely. Whatever you're going through, whatever the hurt or the habit or the hangup is, you know that God, you can turn to God and God mm-hmm. will help you walk the road and God will provide the right people at the right times and the right places yes. to help you get to that next step, to that next step, to that next step to keep going. Absolutely. So when we're talking about the lament process, mm-hmm. regardless of what the, your, your grief is from, um, remember there's, there's really two steps. The first step is to get honest about where mm-hmm. we are and what's going on. 
which is looking at the different stages, recognizing the different stages. Yes. But to get honest with ourselves, and in recovery we say, um, get honest with yourself, with someone you trust, and get honest with God. That means confess your whole heart. Mm-hmm. And then the second is um, remember God's goodness. Go back in Scripture. Look at all the different times where He brought people through so many different right. trials. And, and and when people start, you know, really just uh, getting stuck on one thing, mm-hmm. I, I remind them to go back and read Job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just go yes, back. Yes. We have it good. We That's really, a wake-up call. Yes, yeah, we have it yeah. so good. Yes. So really in your lament process, in your grief, grief process, two steps. Mm-hmm. Get honest about where you are right. in the process. Because you can't move forward until you're honest exactly. about what's going on. Yeah. And remember God's goodness, yeah. not just in our lives, right. but look at all the ones mm-hmm. in Scripture mm-hmm. that He brought through a process that could have been a heavy enough burden to crush them. Yeah. yeah. And trust that He's going to carry us through And you know, um, just speaking of that, it reminded me of like... Um, the two psalms that are paired together in such a tremendous way is like Psalm 22 and Psalm 23. Mm-hmm. You know, where David cries out in Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Which Jesus says like yes. in the New Testament. And then you get to Psalm 23 and he says, the Lord is my shepherd. Yeah, and, yeah, Just- yeah. and you're like, wait, what? Um, and I remember my Old Testament professor <laughs> talking about how um, there's the Psalms of disorientation and then there's the Psalms of reorientation. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you see that in Psalm 22, like David's just oriented. He doesn't know what's happening, why, and, and he's lamenting everything that's going on in his life in this uh, this conflict with Saul and all the things going on. And and then by Psalm 23, and actually later in Psalm 22, he's getting to that point where he recognizes, oh, it, God's still with me in yeah. this, yes. and, and I'm not alone in this. And yes, I, I'm, I'm facing a very traumatic experience in life, but God will see me through this, mm-hmm. and and God will lead me to greener pastures, and and God will take care of me in that. But I do think you've got to go back to that, the first step, being honest, yes. and then recognizing even in your honesty, God's still there for mm-hmm. you. We we can uh, I mean screw up the biggest way in life, and if we'll just turn back to God and and seek after Jesus, then God will help us through it. Now we still will have to face the consequences Absolutely. of whatever we've done. There still will be things that we have to do. Uh, to make things right or whatever steps we can take. But ultimately, um, God is still waiting for us to come home, just like the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. The father was still there waiting for him to come back. And when he did, he threw a big party for Absolutely. Him. And I think God wants to do the same thing for us, yeah. which is so um, so disconnected for us in this uh, sense that we have like, um, we, we think everyone should experience this re- sense of retribution. Mm-hmm. And there are consequences, but then there's grace. Absolutely. And God is there for us with that grace, waiting for us to return to Him. Absolutely. And, and we all make choices. We all make decisions. God gives us free mm-hmm. will. I am one of those that will not sit here and say, God made all this right. happen. Right. Um, but at the same time, we have valleys we have to walk through. Right. Just like I've said before, God says there's an adventure, there's a story, and there's a lesson. That's right. And if we don't walk through the valley, we can't walk through the valley with someone else. That's right. If you've not been there before, you can't leave the way. That's right. That's right. And if you hadn't been there before, don't give me advice. Right. Exactly. Right. I'm just kidding. So, um, So wherever you're at in your lament process... We would love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. You can drop us a line uh, at the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. You can go to the church website right. and, and send a message. You can call the church. Mm-hmm. We would love to talk to you. We would love to hear from you. We would love to sit down with you. Mm-hmm. Now, 
six feet, you know, <laughs> social distancing. But um, we're here, and there's so many other people that are there for you. So um, I hope this spoke to your life the way uh, I kind of felt God was really nudging us that mm-hmm. this conversation need to, needed to happen. Um, so you want to pray us out? Yeah, sure. Let's pray. Gracious God, we do thank you for this opportunity to have this faith talk, to uh, explore the idea of lament and our own experiences of grief and loss. And God, we just pray that you will help any of us that are going through that right now to turn back to you to know that uh, this just is just a moment in life, an experience. It's not the end. Um, it's not the totality of life. There's a lot more you have planned and in store for us. And we just need to trust you and turn back to you. Uh, we pray that you'll just bless and keep us and continue to guide us in your ways. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. So remember, be a blessing. Mm-hmm. Speak life. Mm-hmm. Put your faith feet into action to cause a ripple effect. Much agape, everybody.